Jacqueline Lucille Cooper was a 27-year-old from Modesto, California. She was the mother of three and worked at a cannery. On November 12, 1976, Jackie left home. Everyone believed she was headed to her job. It's unclear whether she arrived or not. Either way, Jackie never returned to her house. She was never seen again. I'm at Denzel, and this is Unfound. As the title suggests, this is a companion piece to the episode that came out a few weeks ago concerning the disappearance of Mary Watkins. Her son was the guest. In that interview, we discussed James Tolliver, a man who seemingly killed at least five women before he himself died of a heart attack within moments of his last murder in 1980. To recap, for Mary's disappearance in 1979, he met her at a singles group and eventually convinced Mary that the two of them were going to ride off into the sunset and live happily ever after. Not only that, but he convinced her to take essentially her life savings out of the bank in cash. Neither she nor the money was ever seen again. Well, with the disappearance of Jackie Cooper, some of those facts are the same. However, Jackie was married and much younger than James, and she didn't have that much money. This is The Con Man, Part 2. And now a summary of the case. This is brought to you by my friend Megan Lyoness' website, charlieproject.org. Jackie Cooper, at least on the outside, did not appear to be a woman who could ever willingly run away with any man, except her husband. Jackie had a job. She was the mother of three, the oldest being 10 and the youngest being only 18 months at the time of Jackie's disappearance. She was close to her family. Jackie had a solid job. What else could a 27-year-old woman in any decade want? However, at least according to one credible source, Jackie had infidelity in her heart and might have even acted upon it well before she went missing. So on November 12th, 1976, a Friday, Jackie left for work. At least that's what everyone thought. Yet, she did not come home later that day. Instead, Jackie left a message for her husband saying that the car she drove to work could be found in a parking lot in Ceres, a town close to Modesto. She was never seen again. No one was quite sure what was going on. Jackie's husband would later discover a considerable amount of money missing from their shared banking account. 
Suspecting another man, Jackie's husband even talked to a co-worker of Jackie's, James Tolliver, who denied any involvement, despite there being rumors that Jackie had been seen at his house. My impression is it's one thing to be able to trick a single woman around your age who has money like Mary Watkins did into running away from her life to start a new one. It's a whole other, much harder thing to convince a much younger wife of three to leave it all behind. Please contemplate that idea as you also try to answer these three questions during the upcoming interviews. Number one. What can we learn from Jackie's disappearance and apply it to Mary's and vice versa? Number two, why do the police take seriously sightings of missing people well after the disappearance date when historically none of them end up being true? And number three, how did police back in about 1978 not connect three disappearances when two of the women worked together with a man whose wife also eventually went missing. No one doubts the belief that James Tolliver caused the disappearance of Jackie Cooper. The guests for this episode are Jackie's daughter, Chrissy McDaniel, and son, Adam Cooper. Unfound News I have a feeling that the unfound store may be up and running again before the summer is over. My assistant, Heather, who is in charge of it, has had some things going on, but I think she's ready to jump back in. Welcome back, Heather. Next, I've picked out the next unfound disappearance we will revisit in the upcoming weeks. I like to do this because I don't want anyone to ever forget about those cases we covered early in Unfound's existence. Which one is it? It's a surprise. Finally, in a couple weeks, I will be attending the Masters Disc Golf Championships in Peoria, Illinois. Let's just call it the biggest tournament for old people. If any listeners live in the area, maybe we can arrange to get together. Please let me know. Where you can find Unfound. On these following podcast platforms. Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and many others. Especially outside the United States. Social media sites. YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the newest one, TikTok. Listener support sites, patreon.com forward slash unfoundpodcast, paypal.me forward slash unfoundpodcast. The website, theunfoundpodcast.com. The email address, unfoundpodcast at gmail.com. And please mention Unfound at all true crime websites and forums. Thank you. I'm so happy to have on this episode of Unfound the daughter of Jackie Cooper, Chrissy McDaniel, and Jackie's son, Adam Cooper. Chrissy and Adam, welcome to Unfound. Hello. 
let's start here. Um, and before we get started, I want the audience to understand that both Adam and Chrissy were very young when um, their mother went missing. So a lot of what we're going to be talking about today is what Adam and Chrissy have learned over the years. So a lot of this is going to be looking backwards, what, what they were told by their father, maybe what police told them, uh, anything that they've heard from any, any family members or anybody like that over the years. So we just have to understand that when we get into this, uh, Adam approximately was 10 to 11 years old and Chrissy was approximately 18 months old. So I just want everybody to remember that uh, before we get started. Let's start here. Chrissy, we will start with you. Um, just give the audience a little idea about the Cooper family. Of course, you were only 18 month, uh, months when your mother went missing, but you know, getting older, what did you learn about your family? How would you explain uh, the Cooper family? And then I'll give Adam a chance to answer that too. Well, the Cooper family, I don't start with Adam maybe on that one. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, yeah, Adam, what would you say? Just give an idea of your family. Um, like I said, we're going to have to be, of course, be talking out about after your mother went missing, but uh, you, you three, maybe you've other siblings. Maybe you want to talk about them. You know, what can you say about that? Yeah, growing up in California, um, best I can remember, you know, like for my mother and my father were really good about taking family members in and letting them live with us. Wow. Um, we had, uh, my mom's half brother living with us at the time that she went missing. Wow. He was living there full time. And, and then another half brother, he was there off and on couple of cousins, you know, they was real giving, caring, you know, willing to help anybody out, both hardworking people. Mm -hmm. Were these people that maybe fell on hard times or, or what, what would cause oh, them was, to kind of move young, in? Younger and in school still. Well, the one was, and the other had been in some trouble and since he since him passed, but, uh, oh. you know, people, they need a place to go and that was, they was better off there than where they were probably. And so, mm -hmm. Mom and dad opened or opened the house up, let them live with us. That's very kind. Uh, sometimes, as we all know, sometimes family coming to live with us for a while uh, can be make things a little tense. But sometimes it's uh, you know the right thing to do, and it's it's uh, a very nice of uh, your family uh, to do that. Uh, Chrissy, do you remember that? Were they still doing that once you uh, got to maybe six, seven, eight years old? Do you have any memories of that, or have you heard about that? No, um, I knew that they did live with us. Um, by that point, we had already moved back to Oklahoma and was living with my grandmother by the time I was six, seven years old. Um, I don't really remember living with any of my cousins or aunts or uncles or any of them. Uh, up in uh, the Northern California area. Right. Right. Um, I mean, maybe, I know. Please. Sorry. I know that um, so they still came like after we moved to Oklahoma, they would come and visit randomly and stuff and drop by. But as far as living in the household, I don't remember that. Mm -hmm. uh, if you can remember, Chrissy, what year was it that uh, all of you decided to move from California to the kind of the center of the United States? What, what, what year was that? And what do you think brought it on? And then I'll ask Adam a little bit more about that. I was probably two or three years old, so 78, 79, it was pretty soon after, I believe, um, and it, 
I think that my dad just needed help with all us three kids at the time. So he moved back in with his mom, my grandmother, um, at that time. Okay. Adam, do you remember the move being, uh, approximately 10, 11 years, or you'd be maybe 12 at that time. Do you remember moving? Do you remember that? Yes. I was probably 11 or 12. I know when we moved back to Oklahoma, I started school here in the sixth grade. So it was, uh, in the summer between the fifth and sixth grade. Yeah. And, uh, I just, I think just on the spur of the moment deal, my dad just, you know, I can't even begin to imagine what he went through mentally, you know, and just, I, I think just one day he decided that that's what was best for us kids. And he loaded up and moved us to Oklahoma. Right. How did you, how did that adjustment go for you, Adam? Uh, maybe for Chrissy, two or three years old, she didn't know the difference maybe between California and the Midwest, but about for you, sixth grade, you know, kind of know what's going on in the world. How did you adjust to that? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was different. I mean, a lot different, you know, moving the city to the country, and, but I, I adjusted and adapted well. And my, my dad's side of the family, the Coopers was, was really, really close. And I think that probably helped. And we had, we were surrounded by family and that okay. really close and everything, especially being at my grandmother's, you know, that's where the, that's where everybody gathers. So we was fortunate enough to be able to do that. Right. Now, when we're talking about family, um, you know, of course, would have your father's side of the family and your mother's side of the family. So when you're saying about family, you're talking about your father's side of the family. Yes. And then like Chrissy said, we had a, a few family members from my mother's side that, that would come to visit and, and wow. a couple of them, for sure, one of them even lived there off and on at times with us at my grandmother's house. Okay. All right. And, and my and understanding, then, uh, please continue. And then please. Uh, others, you know, we, we didn't hear from and stuff. We got separated from them just you know, like, like people do. And, and then over the years, we've, because of social media and stuff, been able to locate family members and stay better in touch. But mm -hmm. for a while with some of them, we was separated from them. Okay. Chrissy, maybe uh, you can talk about, uh, given that it's been, course 46 years since your mother went missing uh you know in in living moving to that area becoming a teenager a grown woman uh your mother's name get mentioned uh, a lot or you know maybe just at family function time or what do you remember growing up i honestly don't i'm sure it was talked about always but i don't really remember it until i was probably seven eight nine years old and then i would hear family talk about her not coming home and and then it was like much later when i was older whenever i decided i wanted to see the police report and i wanted the newspaper clippings and i believe adam got gave me the newspaper clippings and then the police report i ended up getting myself and then I started asking more questions. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I guess what you're saying, Chrissy, uh, mm -hmm. from a very early age, of course, you realized your mother wasn't around, but it might not have been until later until uh, you kind of started to understand that, you know, this thing called a disappearance. Right. It wasn't that, let's just say she died from cancer or something. And sometimes they do, you know, not tell kids about that until they think they're old enough. But you didn't find out about until later that she had, you know, disappeared. Yeah. And I mean, it wasn't a secret or anything. Like I said, I'm sure they always talked about it. It's just, I don't remember it. Okay. No. Okay. 
All right. Well, let's um, let's talk a little bit about uh, your mother. What if people, being that you were around a lot of family once you moved to another part of the country, what for both of you? Maybe we'll start with Adam. What is um, you know, some of the qualities that people have told you uh, about your mother' personality? What was she? You know, what was she into? Um, what can you say about that? Uh, yeah. First of all, I mean, she was my mother was very beautiful. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, lots of family members have talk, talked about, she was always playing practical jokes and playing, cutting up, it, I mean, just a fun sense of humor. Everybody loved her. I mean, my, the whole, all of my dad's family on the Cooper side loved my mother. Uh, never, never heard a bad word about her. She was oh. real right. upbeat. And I, I know one story that always stands out to me is uh, one of my dad's brothers, always told the story that my mother dressed up like an old lady and was sitting on the curb in front of his house when he got off work and and he she pretty well tricked him up I mean he was trying <laughs> to help her down the street and everything else before he realized who it was but just you know fun sense uh, of humor big heart you know I said they'd take people in and help and both my parents were hard-working people and would do anything for anybody I mean, if they could help somebody they did it Okay, so we're hearing a little bit about Jackie that she's a little bit of a practical joker, a little bit. Yes. Literally. Okay. okay. Uh, I have it in my notes, so I, I will ask uh, Chrissy. Do you even know how your parents met, Chrissy? I don't. I know that they were both really young whenever they met. Maybe, maybe high school. I'm not sure. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Well, don't feel bad. I'm not sure. I think I know how my parents uh, met either. Maybe I should put that on my list of things to ask my dad, being that's Father's Day. Uh, so uh, don't be bad. Feel bad about not knowing that. Uh, but I do have to ask. Um, you, you're of course two children. You have another brother, or sister. We do. We have. A, um, I have an older sister that's just a couple years younger than Adam. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Her name is Lisa. Okay. And did she know that both of you are doing this interview today? She, no, I don't think I told her. Okay. We told her we were going to, I just didn't tell her when. So. Okay. Very good. All right. Um, going back to Adam, uh, once again, just to ask you, uh, you know, a, a very pointed question, the way you remember it after your mother went missing, uh, you moved to the Midwest. Did your father talk? A lot about your mother. Uh, maybe I should even ask you this: Did did your father end up getting married again, or, or anything, or, or what happened there, Adam? Uh, you know, I don't remember talking a whole lot about it in front of us kids, and I, mm. you know, I've said it a million times. I'll say it again. I can't even begin to know what my dad went through mm. mentally. Right. Mentally, I mean, I just can't. I, I'll never be able to understand. What, what he mentally went through that just but and because of that I don't think they talked about it in front of us kids I'm sure he didn't want to further hurt us anymore and mm-hmm. I, I know it was talked about and the question you asked Chrissy about how they met I think my mom's yeah. only full brother uh, Gene uh, introduced them to and, and they through life stayed very very close and and my dad and Gene was like brothers, I guess, probably from the time they was young age, clear up until my dad passed away in 2013. Mm. And then my uncle Gene passed away last year. Okay. 
Okay. As All far right. as them talking in front of us kids, I, I don't remember a whole lot being said. And as I grew older, I, ne I never brought it up. I didn't want to hurt my dad. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Let's move on to this. Uh, some topics that uh, are going to be uh, important here in a bit once we get to the day that she went missing and everything that has tra transpired since. Uh, her job, she worked at a cannery. Uh, I realize you two uh, technically uh, did not grow up there. You ended up moving. Cannery, a big um, industry in Modesto, California. Was that a place that employed a lot of people? How long do you think that your mother uh, had worked there? What What do we know uh, about this cannery uh, place and, and cannery job that she had all these years later? What do we know? Uh, maybe you can start with Chrissy. I honestly don't have any idea how long she worked there. I know that... Um, I believe my dad had asked her to stop working there before she toward the end. So I don't know if she had stopped working there or if she was still working there at the time that she disappeared. But I don't have no idea how long she worked there. Okay. And Adam, uh, Cannery, uh, Cannery, was there, uh, once again, your understanding more than one of these canneries, because this might, you know, play a role much later in this discussion, but more than one cannery in Modesto, or is like like the only business? What do we know about that? I honestly don't know how many there was. I know that that one, I think, was called number seven or something, but I don't, I don't have any idea what that meant. Okay. I'm not really sure how long she'd worked there either. I never really thought much about it. Okay. Oh, maybe I should ask you this. Uh, what was, uh, Adam, what was your father's work? What did he do? He worked for a, uh, uh, I think it was called Libio and Ford or something like that. It was uh, where they made windshields and glass for uh, Ford Automobile. Wow, okay. And it was in another town near Modesto. I can't remember exactly where it was. I want to say Ceres, but I'm not sure if that's right. Interesting. That's interesting. That's, that's really weird because where I grew up in Leechburg, Pennsylvania, there was a town there all not too far away, 20 minutes away, that also uh, they made automobile glass too. That's so weird. Okay. Let's move on to this. Uh, we've already stated uh, uh, that they had three kids. We have uh, Lisa, Chrissy, and Adam. Adam being the oldest, Chrissy being the youngest. And I uh, just want to remind everybody, how old uh, were you, uh, Chrissy, at the time of your mother's disappearance? About 18, 16 months. It's really young, about a year and a half or so. Okay. And when uh, your mother would go to work, did you have a babysitter? Did you, do you even know what they did there? It was who else watched you? Another family member? I think it was family members that watched us whenever they went to work. Like Adam said, there was always family living there. And I knew that family members had babysat us when I was younger. So I'm assuming mm -hmm. it's always been just family. Okay. All right. And uh, Adam, you would have been going to school at the time, maybe uh, fourth grade, something like that. Yeah, I was in the fifth. I finished the fifth grade there and started the sixth in Oklahoma. Okay. All right. Let's move on to this. Uh, James Tolliver, of course, he's going to be, uh, be a, a large topic of discussion. Of course, people who have already listened or watched the, the first 
uh, disappearance I co covered that we believe that James Tolliver is the perpetrator of the disappearance of Mary Watkins. He was a prominent discussion when I spoke to her, her son, Ed. Um, the way you understand it, when was the first time that uh, your family had ever heard of James Tolliver? Uh, maybe we can start with Chrissy on that one. Uh, when did you, you first, you can be in your 12, 28 years old, whenever, when was the first time that James Tolliver first, you know, entered your mind as maybe being connected to your mother's disappearance? Do you even remember? I don't remember exactly, but I do think that I was older because even though when you're younger, you can hear a name and you might not really put it together or you don't know any background or any history on it. Um, so I was probably honestly older. I'm sure I heard his name when I was seven and eight when I first started asking questions, but I really didn't start. Okay. really, really putting the pieces together until I was older and I got the police reports and I read them and I haven't talked to too much of other family members, but okay. so when I did, I kind of put it together and okay. think that that's where, yeah. Okay. So maybe late nineties, early two thousands, maybe the first Probably. time, maybe you kind of put it all together. Mm. Yeah, when I put it together, yeah. But I was, I've heard his name probably when I was like nine, 10 years old. Okay. What about you, Adam? What, uh, once again, you're a little older, uh, about 10 years older than uh, Chrissy. Uh, what is your first recollection, recollection of hearing the name James Tolliver as it could be related to your mother's disappearance? I honestly don't remember. Don't remember. Okay. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, that's fine. Uh, maybe just something you can't remember. Like there are probably things in my life, like I'm adopted. I really can't remember the first time I being me being told that I was adopted, but it just feels like I've already known, but I could never put a date on it. Okay. Let's move to that day. So she's married. Uh, she has three kids. Of course, one fairly recently, that being you, Chrissy. Um, she has a, uh, you know, roughly a 10 year old and then, then Lisa and then you, uh, Chrissy, and um, she's going to work. Your father works. Um, seems just like your regular uh, family, I think, in the United States. So let's move on uh, to November 12th, 1976. It was uh, a Friday. Adam, what is your understanding? The best, once again, I realize you were 10, 11 years old at the time, but what have you learned about that day? Did your mother go to work? Did she not go to work? Do we know anything, even today, 40 some years later, about her movements, uh, you know, after she left the house that day? What do we know? You know, I don't remember if that was a work day or not, but I do remember for some reason I had a, a gut feeling that something bad was wrong to the point where I even begged my uncle that was living with us not to let her leave that day. Because huh. I, I don't know if over something or seen something or what. I honestly don't know why, but I remember that I did, I had a bad feeling something was going to happen. Huh. She left and we never heard another word of it. Okay. All right. So this, uh, this is a Friday. So maybe, Chrissy, maybe any clarification on that? Do you even realize 
you know, Cannery, maybe they do work, you know, what we would call unusual hours. Maybe she had off Thursdays and Fridays or Fridays and Saturdays. Totally possible, I guess. Uh, do you have any understanding about whether she actually went to work that day or does this is this a disappearance that started as soon as she left that day? Do we know? Do we know? I have no idea. Um, I've only heard like what my older sister, what she remembers and like mm -hmm. what Adam said, you know, I heard that. I remember them always saying how upset he was not wanting her to leave that particular day, but me being so young, I don't remember any of it. Okay. So even in the police reports, uh, it's not very clear whether uh, she was at work and then disappeared after work or she disappeared like at 10 in the morning. No, like in the police reports, it said that she had contacted one of our family members and told our family member that she was leaving that day and to tell my dad where, where to go pick up the car. And if they didn't hear from her within a certain amount of time to go ahead and tell my dad that she had left and she had mentioned his name to the family member that. Okay. All right. So she did make a call like from somewhere just to mm -hmm. like leave a message for your dad. Here's where the car is. Correct. All right. But we're not sure if that was early in the morning, late in the afternoon. No idea. Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Cause I don't have the papers in front of me, but I I'm wanting to say it was like midday that she had called and told the family member that she was leaving that day. Okay. All right. So, of course, uh, on that day, on November 12th, uh, she does leave and we'll get into that. Uh, but she doesn't come home that day. What is your understanding uh, regarding what your father does? Of course, he gets this message and I, I'm, you know, about where to find the car, which, of course, is, you know, really going to be a big question mark. You know, what is going on here? But uh, what does uh, does he do? Do we have any? Uh, any idea what he does later on that day into Friday to try, try to figure out where your mother went? I don't know. I'm not even positive that the family member told him the same day and called him the same day about the car and stuff. Um, so I'm not sure what his actions were for the rest of the day and when he actually started panicking and really looking for her and trying to find out what was going on. I don't know if it was that same day, the next day. I, I honestly don't know. Okay. Adam, being that you were uh, uh, just a preteen uh, at that time, uh, do you remember that day uh, specifically, or is that something that it, it just has not stuck with you? Obviously, you remember this feeling that you had, but like for example, do you remember later in the day when your mother's not there? Is, do you remember that? No, I really don't remember. I, I, it seems like maybe the car was brought back home later that evening, but I'm not even sure about that. Can't even remember who helped him go get the car. Okay. No, I really remember. Okay. All right. So she, of course, goes missing sometime during that day. That is the accepted date for her disappearance. And she calls a family member. It says, you know, you can tell uh, your father where he could pick up the car. We're not sure when this happened. Some of these details are still... Uh, vague all, all these years later. And um, as Adam says, maybe the car actually did get picked up that day. Maybe she left the keys in, in it or something. 
At what point, we'll move, just move on now to these next days, November 13th, 14th, 15th, kind of in that area. Uh, what is your understanding? I'll start with Adam. What is your understanding about this time? How soon uh, did the police get involved? Did your father uh, file a missing persons report? Or being that she said she was leaving, was she, you know, how did that all translate? If she said, yeah, I'm leaving, is it, she technically a missing person? What what do you we know about that all these years later? As far as how soon the police got involved? Yeah, uh, I'm really not sure. I mean, I know, I know he tried to file a missing persons report at one time, and then I don't know if I read it or heard it through a family member or what. But somebody actually called the police or during an interview told them that she had been seen, and so that pretty much stop the missing right. person investigation right and this is I've something never, right i've never believed that that they really seen her that's that's just me i've never believed that but that mm -hmm. that stopped the missing person investigation in their mind that she was willingly left and was safe and it, it stopped it yeah and thank you for bringing that up because that was uh, something that first came up when i spoke to to chrissy originally that there was a family member and we're not getting you know necessarily get into names here but um who who maybe you can describe was this an aunt or a cousin or somebody who said this and and um i guess what we're saying here is probably the sighting was not true but you know how did you find out about that, Chrissy? Was that was this an aunt or somebody? Would she have even been in a position to see her mother, even if we were to believe it were true? What What do you think about all that? So I know that information from the police report. Um, them interviewing just all of the family and people she worked with. I believe it was her grandmother, and her grandmother, I guess, was walking down the road one day and thought she saw her in a pickup truck. Huh. Any with idea a, how long this man. was after that Friday, November 12th? Any idea? A week later, um, a few days later? Any idea? I honestly think it was months later. Wow, that long? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Probably four or five months. It was a while. Okay. So I guess what both of you are kind of saying is that the police, uh, a report was not filed uh, very quickly. Uh, you know, of course, as you would probably imagine, this is a unique type of disappearance. Most of the time, you know, uh, a report gets filed maybe 24 hours, 48 hours, 72 hours later. What you're saying here is, you know, really nobody really understood that she was missing and was going to stay missing for quite a while. Right. Yeah, I think that um, she didn't, whenever she did not come back, my dad did talk to the police and they just came to the conclusion she was an adult. There was no reason to think there was any foul play going on. And they honestly just thought she left. And it was just kind of, they didn't go any further with it for a while. Okay. All right. Let's move on to this. So she goes missing and we've already talked about that. And I don't know if this occurred in the other disappearances in which James Tolliver is suspected of uh, causing, but uh, there was this call that this is where the car was, uh, could be found. Uh, Adam, where was it found? Was this in an area that your mother usually went to downtown Modesto on the outskirts? Um, you know, do you know where that, that occurred, Adam? 
I'm not real. I don't remember sure. It seems like to me, I thought it was found in a convenience store, but I, I think Chrissy can probably answer that better than me. Okay, very good. Chrissy, what, what can you say about that? So the police report says that it was found at a restaurant in series, I believe, called Melba's Restaurant or Melba's Diner or mm. something like that. Okay. Uh, given that you know that for both of you, either of you can answer that. Was that a place that you believe your family ever went to? You and your or your mother and father ever went to by themselves? Have any meaning in your family at all that particular place? I wouldn't have. Okay. And I should say, when you say series, that's a town and it's not spelled like World Series. It's C-E-R-E-S series? Correct. Correct. Okay. And how close is that to Modesto or to where you lived at the time? It's not very far. I don't know how many miles, but I know, I know it's right there at the outskirts of Modesto. Okay. So Modesto is kind of like the big city there. I know everybody's heard of uh, Modesto around the United States, but Siri's kind of a suburb of Modesto. Yeah, that's, I would think so. Yes. Okay. So the car found, do either of your knowledge, anything uh, unusual about the car? Do you know, of course, in 1970s terms, did they ever do any forensics on the car? Uh, maybe I could even ask uh, you this. Um, did, did your family keep the car? Did somebody else get to drive it? Uh, did you keep it? What, what happened to the car? What can you say about that, Chrissy? I have no idea. That's something I've never even thought to ask. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we don't know what happened to the car. I, I think my dad gave it to a close cousin on my mother's side, what I think happened to it. Okay. All right. So somebody else uh, got it when she did not come back. And I guess in a timely manner, uh, somebody else in the family uh, got that car, but uh, no forensics done. That wouldn't surprise me. Even in 2022 and disappearances, cars don't get forensics done on them, even disappearances. So that would not surprise me um, at all. But okay. So the car was found. It's given to somebody, I'm guessing there was no, given that it was just given away, no signs of violence or anything in it. Let's move on to this. And this is a recurring theme with all of the disappearances that uh, James Tolliver is believed to be involved in. And I hopefully we can cover as many as we can on Unfound so everybody can see the, the total picture eventually. But it has to do with money. Uh, every one of these disappearances that he, uh, and even the known murder, uh, Florence Rachina that he got involved in in 1980. Money was a factor. Um, for Adam, when did you first hear about this money issue? Obviously, probably not when you were 10 or 12 years old, but maybe later on. Um, when did you first hear that your mother had gone to the bank and gotten some money out before she went missing? I may not have even known that until I somehow got the newspaper clippings and stuff. I don't, and I don't remember how I got those. I think a family member mailed them to me. Okay. That may have been when I first found out most everything I do know, especially about the money. Okay. And do you, can you even remember what year that was? Was that within like the last 20 years? Or are we going back to like the 1990s? Can you even say? What was the question? I'm sorry. I'm going to, uh, sure. No problem. Uh, what year would that have been that somebody sent you these 
these articles that actually ended up talking about the money? I'm going to guess when I was probably around 17 years old or so. So okay. 83, probably. Okay. So about seven years that? after she went missing. Okay. All right. So fairly, you know, please. I just, you know, you read that and, you know, I know some of the other women have a lot more money, but you read that and you think what he done to our family for $4,000. Right. That's, pretty, That's right. pretty tough. Pretty tough to take. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, and you just mentioned that amount, uh, Chrissy. Uh, how did you? I know you have the police report. Is there anything in the police report uh, reports about her disappearance that talks about the money that she withdrew? Is that is that in there somewhere or not? Yes. Um, one of her friends slash. Um, family members had told her that mom was telling her that Tolliver was always asking her to save X amount of money. And once she saved this money, he was going to take her to a ranch or something like that. So that was um, a statement that one of the family members had given the, the police during investigation. Wow. I believe he wanted her to um, come up with $4,000 and I believe she was only able at the time, like 1200 or something like that. I'm not sure the exact amount. Okay. So we're talking $1,200 in 1976 money, which could be $12,000 today, you know, considering inflation and everything. So not, I mean, you know, we think about $1,200 in 2022 terms, it doesn't sound like a ton of money, but in 1976 terms, quite a bit. Yeah, and I mean, it could be more or, I mean, or less. I don't know. Still. Because by my understanding, all of us kids had accounts too. And when I was a little bit, I was still pretty young. We had checked, called to check the balance on it. And those have been closed out too. And we didn't know that at the time. We didn't know that until years later that the all the accounts were closed out okay. so it could have been more okay and uh your understanding of your parents finances uh adam did they have like all joint checking uh accounts and savings accounts or uh of course these days it's not unusual for husband and wives to have their own separate accounts uh was this a combined uh sort of account or was this just your mother's account do we even know I believe they were joint. Joint. Okay. So she taken. Please, Chrissy, you look like you were going to say something. Yeah, I think they did have a joint account, but it. I did read somewhere in one of the papers that when he asked her to start saving money, I think she opened up a separate account for that particular reason. Okay. I just have to ask, being that you brought it up, Chrissy, being that your mother was bringing this up to another family member about uh, going away with a guy that was not her husband, was this family member not like, uh, Jackie, uh, what are you doing? Do we, I have to ask, I, I realize all of you, all of you were very young at the time. Any insight into that, to that at all, Chrissy? I don't think that the family member thought she would really do it. It wasn't her character, and I they honestly thought she was just talking 
they did not believe that she was going to be going or leaving or doing any of it. Okay, so kind of just a daydream type of thing. Just some coworker, and we've maybe all had coworkers like that, you know, kind of just talk. I've never been married, so I can't put myself exactly in your in your mother's position. But yeah, you just kind of just shooting, you know, the crap about things, and that's I guess what your family member thought. Yeah, and there was like different like state like different stages of that whole thing too, because at one point my mom had told the same family member that she was scared of this guy and that he was wouldn't leave her alone at work and that he was mm-hmm. trying to get her to take my dad's guns that he owned and bring them to him. And so there was like different stages. I don't know how long they knew each other, but there was different stages in that. Mm-hmm. There was a period where she was frightened and scared of him. And then there was other periods that it sounded like she was somewhat comfortable, I guess. Okay. I don't know. Okay. And we should state, I mean, I mean, this has kind of just been taken for granted in this interview so far, but the reason that James Tolliver even knew your, uh, your mother was because they worked together at this cannery that we uh, talked about earlier. Correct. Correct. Okay. All right. So that's how they knew each other as coworkers. And it seems at some point, James Tolliver started talking to your mother about this, uh, this money situation. Um, once again, for either of you, how was, how long was it after your mother went missing that this money was discovered to be missing as well? Uh, was this, uh, did your father, for example, did your father go to the bank, you know, knowing of course that your mother's missing, he goes to, you know, gets his receipt and there's like $0 in there, or do we even know how that even popped up? How long after? she went missing adam do we have any information on that no i'm not sure really you know, back then everybody pretty much did everything with cash so i, I would guess he wouldn't know, unless he just went look and he wouldn't have known until he had to draw some cash out but i don't know how long i would have been okay chrissy any any insight into that at all no idea how long it took before somebody figured out that she and the money went missing together no, I don't. It, that's something we've never thought to thought about to ask. And like Adam was saying, my dad, even from the time he passed away, I think he still mostly used cash. Okay. He didn't really use cards or anything. Okay. Let's move on to this being that we've talked about him so much, James <laughs> Tolliver. Now, I've been told by both of you, and this is very interesting to me, um, that... Your understanding is after your mother went missing, I don't know how long after, maybe one of you knows this, uh, your father actually confronted James Tolliver. Uh, do we know what the content of this confrontation was? I don't think it ended up in a fight, at least not to my knowledge. But Chrissy, maybe we could start with you. What What do you know about this? Um, did he? Did your father actually tell you about this? Did somebody else? Uh, you know, and why, I guess... If it was a, maybe a mystery as to your mother going missing, why was your father going after James Tolliver? So I'm assuming a family member had mentioned his name and told him about a coworker, and or he may even talk to some of her coworkers. I don't know. He did go to James Tolliver's house. He did speak with him, and James denied knowing anything at all. So I mean, it was 
by my understanding, it was civil. He asked him a few questions. He will, you know, and, and then he just left. Okay. He saw that mom, well, he didn't, you know, he didn't see mom there. So he just assumed she wasn't there. Adam, since you were the oldest child at the time, were you aware of this when this happened at the time? Or was this something that you did not find out about uh, until later about your father confronting uh, James Tolliver? I found about found out about it later on. I didn't later know when it happened. Okay, so maybe this is something you didn't want uh, the kids to know about and uh, maybe didn't want to worry them. And of course, he goes to talk to James. And of course, as James says, I have no idea. You know, I don't know, you know, what we're supposed to say um, to, uh, you know, to, you know, he said he didn't do it. At least at the time, maybe that might have been believable. Maybe if uh, your father, for example, had known about uh, Hester Chandler uh, from a few years before that, uh, then maybe then somebody might have been able to put this all together. And we'll get into that a little later. Um, now it should be known. Uh, I have to ask both of you about this. You know, we're all adults here now, but of course, all of us in 1975 were much younger people. But I have to ask you, um, you know, it does sound to me like uh, your mother was at least entertaining the idea, uh, if not actually having an affair with James Tolliver. Any insight into this at all? Any proof of this obviously I have a family member who said she was doing putting out this money because but you know because she was going to go away with this guy but this family member wasn't taking it seriously do we know anything about were james and your mother having something on the side adam you know any any proof of that or is this just some rumor uh that is out there you know i all i can give you is my best guess and to be honest, I would, I would say they probably, at the very least, became too good of friends. And I don't know if it went too far, or if it was fixing to, and she realized that and tried to stop it. And that is when he threatened to her harm us kids if she didn't go away with him. Mm -hmm. Okay. Honestly, can't All right. Uh, what can you say about that? Uh, Chrissy, because it does seem she was uh, going to some lengths, saving money, talking to a family member. And we should remember that um, James Tolliver was quite a bit older uh, than your, your mother uh, at the time. Whereas some of these other women later, like Mary Watkins, for example, Florence Ruchina actually were like his age or even older. Your mother was considerably younger. Uh, any insight into the kind of uh, friendship or romance that your mother and he might have been having i mean i honestly don't know i mean we can all assume that there was some kind of interest there but i mean as being young i don't know okay maybe i'll just ask you some pointed questions factually any facts that anybody ever saw your mother and of course we have to remember james tolliver was married too at the time his wife ended up going missing but um, any facts to support the idea that your mother was ever seen at James's house? Any facts that you've ever heard regarding that? Um, not, not that. Go ahead, Adam. No, I just said not for me. What? Okay. I mean, it's 
the newspaper clippings say that another family member or a friend had showed, she had shown them where James lived and said she had been there. Hmm. I don't know if she'd actually been there, how many times she had been there, but it was in the police reports that she had shown somebody his house driving by. Okay. Okay. So it doesn't seem very solid to me, but we also can't ignore the idea that she was, um, we, you know, we can't ignore the idea that she did tell a family member that she was putting away some money because she was going to run away with this guy. So I don't, I don't know, you know, where we can, you know, how they split that. Don't know. Okay. But no factual as far as any information that those two ever being seen together, except at work, which of course that makes a lot of sense to either of your knowledge being that your father went and talked I get not maybe not confronted. I used that word before, but maybe it was just a talk. Uh, talk to James Tolliver. Did the police at the time in that year, or maybe the next year, ever talk to James Tolliver about your mother's disappearance? Adam, do we know anything about that? Have you ever heard? You know, being that your father suspected of him something, did your father go to the police and say, "Hey, you might want to go talk to this guy"? Do you know if that ever happened? I honestly don't know. And I know I I heard different than Chrissy did, I guess, about when my dad went there. My dad was angry there. Well and I think got pretty heated and I and uh, I don't know exactly what all happened, but it was my dad was confident that he knew something. Okay. So a yeah, little bit uh, different I, impression. Okay. And it's just what I've heard, you know, maybe it's just the way Chrissy and I took what we heard. Sure. The age difference between her may have been a little different. Okay. But once again, uh, not sure if the police ever spoke to James Tolliver officially about your mother's disappearance. Not that I know of. And, and Chrissy's done a really, really, really good job of, mm -hmm. of visiting with the police and different ones and going through the police records and stuff. She'd probably answer that better than me. Okay. Well, Chrissy, you can take a shot at that of being that you've talked about the police reports. Anything in there about them going to talk to James Tolliver? Not a thing. Wow. No, I don't think I, I mean, I can't say for sure that they did, mm -hmm. did not talk to him, but it does not mention it at all in the police reports, wow. them visiting and talking to him. Maybe I should ask you this. Uh, you know, we don't get a ton of police reports uh, to work with for disappearances because sometimes they take a long time to get or you can't get them at all. And uh, frankly, sometimes they just don't like waiting around. But sometimes when we do, some of them are very, very, uh, you know, I, I looked at a, a, the paperwork for a disappearance of a girl in uh, essentially Key West, Florida. This is a disappearance I covered very early this year uh, from 1993. The, the paperwork that I got was 600 some pages. She, and this is still an unsolved disappearance. What can you say about the paperwork that you have? How how big is this file, uh, Chrissy? Is it like 10 pages, 50 pages? What is it? Probably like five or six pages. That's it. That's it. Yep. Okay. All right. Thank you. Okay. So that gives the listeners an idea of what we're working with here. Okay. All right. So your mother goes missing. Your father certainly was on the right track, even though he's not in law enforcement. He certainly... I think was on the right track thinking that James Tolliver was responsible. We have this family member is talking about how she's, uh, Jackie's talking about running off with this coworker, James Tolliver. It doesn't seem like the police 
took it too seriously and there's nothing, you know, there's nothing factually to support that. Who knows? Maybe they did. It was just very unofficial, just showing up at his house one day. And, and unfortunately, she doesn't, uh, you know, come back. Whatever did happen to her. And unfortunately, everybody has to, you know, keep living your lives. As you've already stated, eventually your family, or at least your father and the three kids, all of you move to the Midwest. So let's move on to this. Were you aware, was your family aware? Once again, I realize you'd be all still very young. Was your family aware that James Tolliver's wife went missing in 1978? Were they aware of Mary Watkins going missing in 1979? And uh, let's just start with those two. Were you like keeping, was anybody like your father, for example, keeping tabs on him? Uh, even from, you know, after you moved, do you know anything about that, Adam? Uh, was anybody in your family aware of what happened then a couple of years later with these two other women going missing? I'm not sure that that had to be, the, especially on that first one, right about the time we moved back here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there wasn't social media and stuff then like there is now. So of course. unless a family member would have contacted my dad and told him, I don't think there would have been any way he would have known that. Okay. All right. So, so just completely unaware. Yes. All right. So Chrissy, maybe to put it another way. So at least even if people were thinking that James Tolliver caused uh, your mother's disappearance, it seems like maybe they thought, well, if he's responsible, that's the only woman he's caused to go missing. At least at the time. That was the perception. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Um, Because like Adam said, we didn't hear about the other the other people until much later and then we started realizing it was all this connected to the same guy okay so once again mm-hmm. uh just for the listeners uh just to, to kind of fill them in on all this and there, we have to remember there may be other women that even yet is not have not been connected to james tolliver but what we know of is that it's suspected that he caused the disappearance of hester chandler um, just a few years before your mother went missing, and we'll get into that. We're going to get into the second. Uh, of course, then your mother, 1976, his own wife in 1978, Mary Watkins in 1979, and then in 1980, we have Florence Ruchina, where he was in the process of making her disappear and murdering her, but then he had a heart attack and died, and we covered that in the, the interview I did with Ed Watkins uh, a few weeks ago an episode that came out a few weeks ago. Now, speaking of Florence Ruchina, though, finally, when uh, she was uh, murdered and in the process of James trying to get away, he had a heart attack, died, had a, a pile of cash, even in 2022 terms, it was a ton of cash on him. Um, do you know, it? then suddenly your mother's name out of nowhere pops up in an article covering the disappearance of Florence Ruchina. Chris, Chris, even by that time, you might have been five years old, but uh, Adam, you would have been a little bit older. Do you even remember that? Uh, that did you remember any family members talking about, well, hey, Jackie just got mentioned in this article about this other woman being murdered. Any recollection of that, Adam? I think my first recollection of all that was when I read that in the newspaper articles that family members sent me. Later. Okay. So That's you, how I learned about the other women and, and even Tolliver, I think, and the money. 
Okay, and you've already stated you thought that was more like 1983, something like that. So at least three years after Florence Ricina was murdered and three years after your mother finally's name, after all these years, finally pops up. Yes. Okay. Um, if you can say, I don't know if either of you ever had a conversation with your father about this, like later in life, I have to ask, or maybe another family member maybe passed along something to you. Do we know what your father's reaction was in 1980 or whenever he found out about finally that God that he thought in 1976 was guilty, his name coming up here in 1980. Do we know what your father's reaction was to this in 1980 when finally your mother's name pops up again? Do we know? Chrissy, do you know? By... I've talked to my dad about it a little, little bit. Like I said, he was kind of closed and reserved about it, but I do recall him saying him making the comments. I should have killed him when I had a chance to, because he knew wow. at that point that that's wow. what happened. Wow. Is that how you also remember too, Adam, that the, the, the father felt like that? Pretty much. And that's what I was getting at when, yeah. My dad went to Oliver's house. He, my dad, he, yeah. he was, he was upset at the time. Yeah. Yeah. You hate, uh, sometimes you hate being right like that. Sometimes, you know, I think your father obviously had a good idea of what happened. Uh, you know, he, he kind of, of course was married to your mother probably was hurt by some of the things that he might have found out later about the money and how she had been talking to, uh, you know, other family members about running away. And I still can't figure out why some of these family members, you know, wouldn't pass it along back to your father. You know, your mother's talking about this. Maybe they figured it was none of their business. I don't know. But I'm sure, you know, you like being right, but you don't like being right. Uh, and it's very difficult for him. So I, I, I get it. So I can also understand maybe why I didn't want to talk about it, uh, you know, too much. So, but I certainly can see your point, Chrissy. If that's what he said, I can. We can all certainly understand the feeling, uh, certainly. And uh, given uh, as many people I interview for this program, a lot of people have said that at least behind the scenes that they knew what they knew now. But they might have done something like that too. Okay. All right. So that comes out in 1980. And then kind of, you know, and who knows, as I st think I stated in the, um, the Watkins episode, that if Florence, if he hadn't had a heart attack there, who knows how long James Tolliver would have continued to do what he was doing. I don't know if anybody would have been able to, you know, to put it together. We just don't know. But suddenly with him, that happening, this all kind of um, gets put together. But of course, Florence is the only woman that's found. Of course, your mother's still missing. Uh, Mary Watkins is still missing. Uh, Patty Tolliver is still missing. Hester Chandler is still missing. And now I, I do want to bring it back around to this Hester uh, uh, woman, H Hester Chandler. And this was kind of something that I think we just kind of came upon within the last week, 10 days. I don't think either of you knew, maybe nobody knew it, but it was right there, I think, in everybody, in front of everybody's face to see. Uh, and I'm calling this a recent development. It turns out that Hester Chandler might have also worked at the same cannery where your mother had worked. Uh, I'll just ask you again. Uh, 
does that, and I know both of you have read a lot of articles on your mother's disappearance and maybe even regarding these other women's disappearances. Had you ever even heard a rumor like that before that maybe Hester worked at the same place that your mother did? I've not, I had not heard that. I don't think until you told me and, you know, and I've worked uh, not at a cannery, but I've worked in, in plants where, you know, there's a, a lot of people work there. And even sure. though they worked together, I don't know if they knew each other or not. Right. There's a lot of people at the plants I've worked at in my lifetime that I never knew. So I don't know. All right. That's a very good point. We don't know how big this canner is. It's very possible that Jackie and Hester could have worked at the same place, but there could have been 500 employees there and to maybe knew each other to see each other. That's it. Uh, Chrissy, uh, once again, uh, had you even heard a rumor that maybe Hester and Jackie worked at the same place? I had not. And a matter of fact, um, I remember hearing her name a lot. What, you know, as I was got older and we talked about the disappearances, but always with her name, it was always said, oh, we don't know what the connection was between James and her. So when that article came out with saying that she worked there and then I went and grabbed the police report, noticed it was the same place. That's when I realized. So that's very recent. Yeah, very recent. And we should understand this is a, a cannery number. I mean, I'm still not sure what the um, the official name is, you know, like Tesla or Ford Motor Company. Um, do we know the actual name of the cannery? And because this number seven keeps coming up, do we know the significance of this or like a cannery number six and a cannery number eight? Do we even know any of that? I'm not sure. And I can't even remember the company name. Be honest with you. Okay. Okay. How about you, Chrissy? I read the name of it in the police report recently. I don't remember exactly because it's I'm stuck on that number seven thing now. Okay. All right. And uh, <laughs> the listeners should know that by the time they're hearing our voices or seeing us, uh, this will play on YouTube, that I will have posted uh, the proof that Hester and Jackie worked at the same place, whether they knew each other, uh, hard to say, because we just don't know how many people worked there. If it was uh, like if they both worked at a McDonald's, then of course they would know each other. But a big uh, place like that, it's, it's hard to say, but it wasn't even a rumor. So it seems like this might uh, be even be new uh, information. Um, and I'm wondering, uh, I, I just have to ask something like this. Uh, do, we, do we even know that if any co-workers, you know, after, of course, they're, they're, they're working there at the cannery, they know Hester goes missing, and then a couple years later, Jackie goes missing. Do we know if any of these co-workers ever went to police? Anything in the police records, any rumors that you've ever heard that some of these cannery employees maybe went to police and saying, hey, you know, it's really odd these two women that worked here both went missing. Anything like that, Adam? Have you ever heard anything like that? No, I've never heard that. And Chrissy, no? No. Mm -mm. All right, that is... Because that's something I think that we probably need to think about, too. I think um, for any of us who've worked in a place where there are a lot of people, when you hear two people, you know, something unique, strange, unique, rare happened at the same time, you start thinking, you know, can those two things be connected? Um, you know, it seems hard to me, for me to believe now that you're saying that stuff. 
yeah. those two women came up missing, and it got to the fifth woman at least before the police suspected him. I, I never really thought about that till you started saying that. Adam, I agree with you. I, I you know, I've covered two hundred and fifty-six disappearances over the almost the last six past almost six years. I agree with you, and I, I really don't. I, I wish I had a good answer for you. I don't. It should never have got to that. Part. No, no, it shouldn't have. And if nothing else, when uh, the man's own wife goes missing, on top, you know, top of everything else, you know, if the cannery has five hundred people, you know, granted, I think it would catch my attention. But then somebody who works at the cannery's wife also goes missing. You know what's going on, you know, and but for both of you and the audience, you, you know, should know the police are still have a lot to learn regarding disappearances even today. So I'm not even going to rule out something like that couldn't happen today. My impression, but I agree with you, Adam. I, I think it's they they shirked responsibilities and and really you know keeping up on this, you know, and and not putting it all together. I agree with you. Um. Oh, we lost Chrissy there for a second. Oh, there she is. Okay. Okay. We had a cough attack. <laughs> that's okay. Um, all right. So Adam, I think that's a great point uh, that you bring up. And I don't know, given probably the, the officer who took the report, whenever that was for Hester Chandler and your mother, probably deceased by now, you know, so we'll never, you know, get to ask that person or anybody back at the time, those specific questions. Um, your father, uh, as you stated more than once, didn't want to talk about this too much. Didn't probably like to talk about this too much. Uh, I think I did ask you earlier, but I, I don't think if there was, I don't know if there was an answer. Did he ever get married again? Um, did he ever, um, and I realized that uh, he, he died just within what, the last 10 years, but did he get married again? And uh, how yes, did he I'm live out to, his days? I'm trying to think. Uh, I don't remember what year they got married, but I think they had been together 30 years before he passed away. She had uh, two daughters and a son. All three were very, very young. My dad took them in and raised them like his own. Wow. And to this day, they, I mean, that's their dad. They'll tell you that. Wow. Wow. Okay. All right. So would you say then that, um, you know, with you, the kids uh, pretty much have been the, the spearhead of trying to figure out, uh, trying to track down, of course, where your mother is, trying to, of course, pin her disappearance 100% on James Tolliver. I think circumstantially we can certainly do that. It's certainly been the kids that have been trying to do this and your father did not work on this too much. Besides the... Uh us kids and my dad he had a full brother named Dean okay. and uh, it it took a lot of years before he would even fully admit out loud that she was probably gone but he was most affected by it besides us kids and my dad wow. he, he went to his grave heartbroken over not ever not having answers and wow. his final year me and him actually got really close after my Dad passed away, and we spent a lot of time together, a lot of time talking about this. And mm -hmm. It's sad that him and my dad went to their grave not knowing what happened. Yeah. Well, they know what happened. I mean, without without a body. Sure. Yeah. 
Sure. We, we know what happened. It's, uh, I think it's the, it's, it's the why that I'd like to, you know, get into it maybe here in a moment, but I think you, Adam, you just kind of just right away, put a question into my head uh, that I will ask Chrissy first. Of course, we know, of course, like it's one of the most common kind of disappearances that I cover on the program, husbands causing their wives disappearances, very common. Do you believe there was anybody on your mother's side of the family who believed that your father could have done this. We know that he didn't, but at the time, uh, was there a belief, you know, a suspicion, you know, could he have done something? I've never heard any of the family say that. So I honestly don't think so. But of course, like you said, everyone's, you know, that's usually the first suspect. I believe yeah. the police questioned my dad and was going that direction with it. But I, I don't think any of her family ever thought that for a second. Mm -hmm. What about Adam you? Adam? Yeah. What about you, Adam? Any belief that your mother's side of the family thought, hey, I think her husband might have done something to her? Uh, not really. No. Of course, I think by the time 1980 came around and the murder of Florence Ricina, I think that would have caused all of that to go away. But we do have a few years in there where, you know, there was a big, you know, a little, at least a little bit of a question mark uh, regarding that. Okay. Um, being that you now know, of course, that there are other women out there who have gone missing or one who was murdered. I realize that there is this group, the the victims of James Tolliver Facebook group. Um, you know, how long has that group been around and has it allowed you, of course, we had Ed Watkins on, have been trying to find these other uh, family members or children, maybe even grandchildren of these other women who went missing? You know, what can you uh, say about that group? Maybe we'll start with Chrissy. What can you say about that group and what's going on in there? Honestly, my daughter's friends started that group i believe and so yeah right so i don't really know how it all came about i think we posted my mom's missing picture one day because it circulates every once in a while through facebook mm -hmm. and the next thing i know they had created this group and um sent an invite so i'm not sure how it came about really Okay. Uh, how old? I, I don't know. How old is this group? When did it get started? Uh, just recently? Um, or, or Probably three, four years ago, oh, I think, years, maybe. Okay. All right. So your daughter started it. I don't think I knew that. I don't, I know it didn't, I know that did not come up with Ed when I talked to him uh, for his interview a few weeks ago. Maybe he didn't know. Um, but that's interesting. How did you, what, what do you think motivated your daughter to start that? it might have been somebody that she was talking to that knew how to start how to do that um just my like i said i think it was her friend maybe so mm -hmm. yeah i don't really know all of the details behind it okay okay all right <laughs> all right that's interesting i i didn't know that that thank you for uh talking about that uh let's move on to this and i know this is a difficult question but but I think we, I have to ask it just in my position. I, I have to also ask it because I did edit Ed Watkins and I also talked about it. Any insight on why your mother um, 
you know, would have gotten even caught up in, in something with James Tolliver. Of course, she's married. She has three beautiful kids. She obviously is married to a, a very good man who, like Adam was saying before, even after your mother went missing, he got married to another woman, took her children in, was the father to those children. Great guy. You know, we're all adults here. Can you use maybe some of your adult experience? Any insight, you know, into that? Maybe we'll start with Adam. Uh, you know, the, 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 the money and talking to a family member about running away with this guy, any insight into that at all? Uh, you know, I can only guess, but I know from life's experiences that people, you know, they get, they get forced around to work, playing, cutting up, hurting a little bit. One thing leads to another. Next thing you know, it's, they're going too far on the verge. And I said a while ago, if, I don't know whether it ever crossed the line or maybe she decided to stop before it did and made him mad, mm -hmm. threatened us kids if she didn't go farther. I, I don't know. But. Mm -hmm. Okay. Chrissy, uh, you as a, as a grown woman uh, uh, who obviously is a mother as well, any insight into that, you know, at all? I honestly can't imagine what she, you know what she was thinking or how that came about and um, the only thing I can think is like Adam said you know a little bit of flirting at work and then maybe for a minute thinking life could be better on the other side I don't know mm -hmm. um, because we have to remember James Tolliver successfully did this multiple times uh, Hester Chandler was also married now we can't uh, we can't put his own wife, I guess, in that category. But yes, Mary Watkins was a single woman, but she was a very independent single woman. She had her own money, had her own house, and all these good things going on for her. And all of a sudden, she's selling everything she owns because she's going to run off with this guy, not telling anybody about it. And of course, she goes missing. Florence Rachina, same exact thing, kind of the same kind of person that that uh, you know. These were women who were. Uh, not down on their luck, you know, women living pretty, you know, pretty good lives. It seems emotionally, financially, uh, mentally. And then here they are taking money out of the bank, not just money out of the bank, but taking actual cash, you know, for some guy. And, you know, you just have to wonder, you know, man, that that's must've been some talking that James Tolliver was doing. I think it's going to be something, you know, we'll be thinking about as, as long as these disappearances uh, are unsolved. Okay, let's move on to this. Um, of course, your father got married again. Uh, did this uh, new woman, was she like a, a mother to both of you? Uh, of course, Chris, you're a lot younger. Um, did you have a, 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 like a, a mother figure who took your mother's place? Uh, Adam, maybe we can talk, start with you. No, I, no, I, think think I think that we probably got involved with her in about 82 and I was I think about 16 years old and I I had pretty much I'd pretty much already moved out and everything I was wow. kind of on my own at that point wow Chrissy was uh, she was living with my grandmother but we all did and then when my dad met this lady they they got together and Chrissy stayed behind with my grandmother Chrissy and my grandmother both needed each other. Chrissy mm -hmm. stayed behind and helped, with, helped take care of my grandma. My grandma took care of Chrissy. Okay. 
was this new woman in your uh, in your father's life aware that his previous wife had gone missing? Was she was she aware of that? Yes, she was. And so she's actually, actually done some digging herself. Oh, has she? Wow. Okay, interesting. So, um, at some point, uh, did your was your mother declared deceased, or did they get like a divorce on paper? Chrissy, what do you know about that for him to be able to marry uh, his, the, the new woman in his life? He did have to go and um, have her legally declared dead. And I think it, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I think he, it was like a little bit of a hassle for him to have to do that. Mm. Like, I think there was a few little hoops that he had to go through and stuff. Right, Adam, or no? I, I'm not, I, I do remember something about where I think he had to get a death certificate or something or have her declared dead, yeah. like you said, to be able to remarry. But I don't know how much of a hassle it was or anything. And, and a minute ago, whenever I said that uh, his new wife actually had done some digging, when, yeah. when I said that, I meant in the fact she was trying to find help find good stuff out. I mean, she wasn't, didn't yeah. have any ill intentions. By what I'm, no, by I, I got you. No, she was being very helpful, trying to uh, help, you know, find out what happened to her husband's former wife. Just trying to help. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Okay. Sounds like a very good person. Okay. All right, so he did have to get some sort of uh, divorce, and I'm, I'm sure that was very difficult for him. And I, I, yeah, I, don't know I, that he I don't know that he ever had to get a divorce, but I do remember something about he had ever declared. Okay. Uh, okay. Right. All right. All right. Okay. I got you. Thank you. Okay. And, and the listeners should know it's very interesting that you know, cover a lot of older disappearances. Let's just say ones that are over 30 years old. I covered quite a few of them. Very few of them are people have been declared deceased yet. Uh, it's it's probably more unique or rare than, than people would probably realize. But obviously in your father's case, uh, I can understand why I do it. There was, there was another woman in his life who wants to get married. Absolutely his right to do that. A lot of other, another time that that comes up is when you have parents who go missing and then they have like insurance claims or inheritance or it's like a single parent type of situation where the kids can't get things or a will or something can't be all taken care of because it's still believed that the parent is still alive and in that case then uh you know you'll get a declaration the person is deceased as well that's usually another common circumstance okay um please when you bring that up, that really does cause families a, a lot of uh, financial problems. I mean, yeah. just like, I mean, children are not able to draw their parents' social security because there's not a death or not been declared right. deceased or nothing. Uh, like life insurance policies from where where she her employment where she worked never had to be paid because there was I mean, she's the missing yeah. person. That's right. Yep. Uh, it's kind of, uh, Adam, what I would call it is one of the uh, unknown parts of disappearances that people really, you know, don't, you know, of course, want to solve it. If there's a crime, we want somebody to go to jail for it or whatever. But we forget about the other part of it, especially when it has adults and they have children who are still around. There's possessions, cars, houses and things. You know, what are you supposed to do with this stuff? So yeah, it's a it's a it's a huge part of disappearances. It's kind of it's kind of forgotten. One that uh, comes to my mind is a disappearance here in Florida. Dorian Myers. She was a single mother. Her son was underage. 
she goes missing, and I believe it was foul play, and they had to declare her deceased in a very quick amount of time to get that paperwork rolling, to you know, to, so her uh, son could get the, the financial care and everything that he needed. So yeah, yeah, okay. Um, let's, uh, Chrissy, why don't you mention that, uh, group that your, uh, daughter got started, uh, you know, a few years ago. Why don't you mention the name of it again for all the listeners and viewers, and then we can wrap this interview up. James Tolliver Victim and on Facebook. It's a group on there. Okay. Very good. Yep. And I Very guess you're- group. That's that's fine. That's that's totally fine. Uh, so you're, uh, I guess, your daughter's then one of the administrators for it. Um, it might be her friend because, like I said, my daughter herself talked to this person, I guess, and asked, asked her how to do it. And so I don't know if she's an administrator one or not. Maybe. Okay. okay. But the friend, her friend, definitely yes. Okay. Very good. And I'll make sure I link to it again. I did it a few weeks ago for. Ed's interview, I will do it again this coming week. Um, Adam, I'll give you both a chance to say some final words. We'll start with Adam. Adam, any final words before we complete this interview? Uh, not really. I just, I probably want to mention JD's name. JD is my mom's half-brother that was living with us at the time. And I, and I know he's struggled with this mm -hmm. for ever since then, too. Uh, I, did, I, I didn't know we was going to mention names earlier. Yeah. Recognize him, but you know, I know he, like he lived with us at the time, and I know he's had he struggled with it. He'd like to have some answers. Okay, he's still around. Yes. Oh, he is. Okay. Okay. All right. Great. Okay. And, and Chrissy, we, we any stay, we stay in touch. Okay. Excellent. Chrissy, any final words for you? Just that this is, I mean, I don't know if people really understand, like, how hard, like, all of the little things, you know, like, not knowing your parents at all, like, one of your parents, and I just wish there was some answers, I mean, if there any kind of answers at all, okay, you know? Right. Uh, I will tell you, as, as I told uh, Ed Watkins, is I think that you know, there's something, um, given that the police couldn't even put together the two women who worked at the same place went missing, they didn't put it together. And then on top of that, the guy's own wife goes missing. They couldn't put that all together and it happens. And, you know, within, you know, four or five years time, you know, is not a very positive, uh, development. So it's, but I'm hoping that that somehow even 40 some years later that we can look at, and this is why I would love to try to you know, trying to speak to somebody in Hester's family or in Florence Regina's family that usually men like, or killers like, uh, James Tolliver, they have a modus operandi that they're always following because if it works once, they will do it again. And I still believe that Florence Regina's murder, given that we know so much about it, is still something we can use to look at all of these disappearances and think, well, is it possible that that uh, James Tolliver's brother helped him with all of these other ones in some way too, just like it is believed he helped putting uh, James's vehicle in a certain area that James was going to go get after he murdered Florence Ricina. These are the types of things, and that's why I'm trying to get all of this on the record in the interviews. Uh, but I still think that if we can learn as much as we can about all of these cases, 
it then makes all of the unsolved ones easier, even if it is 40 some, you know, years later, I'm still, you know, very hopeful. And, um, you know, that's all we can do at this point, try to try to put it all together. But Chrissy and Adam, I want to uh, thank you both for being on this episode of Unfound. Can I say one more thing? Go ahead, please. Like when Chrissy was talking about how hard it is to, I mean, mm -hmm. for years, every time you hear a car door or the phone ring, you know, you run and hope it's her. And that's, I would like for people to know that not just us, but anybody that's gone through this, how much of a torture it really is. Yeah. And that's all I got. And I appreciate what you, what you do. And hopefully it helps somebody down the road. You're very welcome. And I hope we can all uh, stay in touch. You know, as with any guest that's ever been on the program, uh, call me, email me just to talk about things. You know, you need opinions on things. You need somebody you can trust, you can talk to, you know, uh, is not going to blab everything anywhere. I'm probably your person. Uh, but uh, so I hope, uh, you know, we can stay in touch. And once again, I hope I appreciate both of you being on this episode of Unfound. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. That's it. All done. Great job. Great job. Yeah, this is going to come out uh, this Friday. It will be on iTunes. It will be on Spotify. And once it's posted, it will be online. As long as the internet exists, this will be out there. All right. For people to listen to, for people to watch. And uh, I will give you the links. The links will always be good. And uh, starting tomorrow, I will start making sure everybody knows, uh, you know, about Jackie's disappearance. I'll be posting on Facebook and Instagram, everywhere else about her disappearance. Get her picture out there. Get her story out there. Some of these articles that I've found and that we've talked about, uh, they will all be posted all the social media places and on our website. That will start tomorrow. Okay. I was going to add in there while we're going. I was about to lose it, but it's... Uh... You know, like just every birthday, anytime somebody has a new baby born, baby, you just, just say any little bitty thing, you hope, hope they show up for that event. You know, yeah. I know, I know. So, I know. Yeah, I, I've, I've not experienced myself. I don't know what it's like to be in your shoes. I don't have anybody that's gone missing in my family. Um, so I really don't know how you feel. That's why all I can do is help from my end, trying to put the facts together and give you some good advice, give you some insight. You know, that's, that's, that's what I do. So yeah, we appreciate uh, it. All right. You're very welcome. <laughs> and if anything else, if you'd like anything else included in the episode before Friday, all you can do, you can, you know, message me on messenger and it can be like a statement or something I could read after the interviews playing the episode. All right. Hey, Chrissy really, Chrissy really does need some credit for doing the, the work mm -hmm. that she's done on this. Uh, I mean, she was the youngest and those are the least. But after she got involved in this, Chrissy's went way above and beyond huh. to learn and educate myself and my other sister on what she's found. Good job, Chrissy. Good job. <laughs> I don't burn on her very much, so she better <laughs> take it from Yeah. Yeah, my say, you know, yeah, my sister doesn't probably brag about me too much either. So you have to take it when you can get it. So yes. <laughs> and Chrissy actually pretty close. Okay, good. Great. Okay. Well, you two both have nice evenings. And like I said, uh, you can contact me anytime. Anytime. All right. We appreciate it. All right. All right. All right. Thank you. You're very welcome.
See you. All right, have a good have a good weekend. You too. And that was my June 19th, 2022 interview with Chrissy McDaniel and Adam Cooper, children of Jackie Cooper. I thank them both for appearing on audio and video for this episode. They mentioned it, but I will mention it again. Jackie also has another child. Her name is Lisa. I think the big question that is probably on all of our minds after the interviews is, how can this happen? Yes, we know people cheat. Women on men, men on women, women on women, men on men. This is who humans are. Not saying we have to be like that, but we need vigilance to make sure we don't become that. If we let our morals down... Cheating and everything else can happen very quickly. We have to work hard to be good. However, a 27-year-old woman running off with a 40-something-year-old guy who was her co-worker at a cannery, leaving behind her husband, her children, and everything else, just doesn't seem possible. An affair? Okay, we're all adults here. We can see that, but Jackie seemed to be going away forever with James. It defies all logic. If James were Brad Pitt, and had a yacht, and a private plane, and Jackie's husband was violent, cheating on her, and he was threatening to take the kids and never let her see them again anyway, I think we could understand Jackie doing what she did. But those are surely not the facts. The question is, how was James Tolliver able to do this? Because really, he made it look so horribly easy. What I mean is, most men, even the spectacular ones, get rejected, get stood up, get ignored. Whereas James was able to convince four women, two of them married, two of them single, that he was going to give them a new life, even though he had no intention of doing so. They even got cash for him. Dare I say it, the James Tollivers of the world, whether they be killers or not, should worry many married men, and I guess their children as well, because these con men are out there. I'll leave the theorizing up to you. And that's the program. Right now, while you are in your podcast platform, Spotify, YouTube, iTunes, wherever, give Unfound a five-star review, a thumbs up, whatever that platform allows. I thank you for listening. I'm Ed Denzel, and you've just finished this episode of Unfound.